This is Flex and Frooms on Kato. Hello. I just did a massive breath out and you went, what's, what's she doing? Yeah. Gearing up. How is your breathing? Yeah, it's getting better. That's good. Had a bit of a long COVID vibe. Does that scare you? Nah. Life's too short to worry about that. To There's worry about what? Having long COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about Karen-esque behaviour. Don't make me say it a tenth time, but I'm a Karen. Nobody's made you disclose this. <laughs> this is fully came from you out of nowhere. There is a bit of a rumour starting in the comments that somehow I was the one who called you a Karen and therefore you're self-identifying. This did not come from me. I know it sounds like it would have. I didn't. <laughs> you talk about comments all the time. I haven't seen these comments. You've got to go on our TikTok and our um, well, my TikTok and my reels because people are always doing discourse there. TikTok is lawless. Someone's taking them taking stuff too seriously I come to find her I'm like gosh oh yeah I posted the other day that um clip of me laughing about the aliens and I got all these comments oh Denise this ain't it this ain't it I really usually like your content I'm like do you really because if you did you would know know. (laughs) yeah Denise Stoner (laughs) for those of you who didn't see it um a couple weeks ago now Froomey was trying to disprove the <laughs> disprove that aliens exist and so naturally she brought in some evidence which is really awesome I was open <laughs> to hearing it it's good to maintain an open mind it was a first person recount of <laughs> Denise Stoner's encounter with what she says were aliens but she was also two years old when it happened but basically the one and a half minute clip consisted of about 55 seconds of Froome's laughing <laughs> And about 28 seconds of me looking confused. And the comments on Frooms' page were, you know, usually I like your content, but it's really mean to be laughing about, people, about people's beliefs. Like, this is really offensive. <laughs> Good on Flex for, like, you know, for, for taking it on the gin. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. We need an Alien Discrimination Act. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I don't know how we got to that point. Mm. But anyway, we're going to be discussing Frumi's self identifying self-diagnosed Karen behavior which I want to get into in more detail because being a 27 year old Karen is pretty rare you know what it's because I'm starting it so the evolution by the time I am of Karen age I'm sick of being a Karen and you'll phase back out Mm -hmm. nice life is a cycle and it's a circle and stick around because here we go life is a cycle and it's a circle that's really lovely this is flex and frooms on Kada. It's been a minute since I've asked you a moral dilemma because usually it's incriminating you for my <laughs> Every time my entertainment. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the middle ground. And I don't want that to be the case. So I'm coming to you with a light one because I'm actually intrigued to see what you would do. So the question is, what will you do in the first 24 hours of winning $50 million? It's in your account it's there, ready for you to spend. You've woken up. It's 9 a.m. on the dot. What are you doing? Okay, I am going to McDonald's because McDonald's is my death row meal. So it's also kind of like the meal when I celebrate things, when it's my birthday, stuff like that. Humble queen. So go to McDonald's, get anything that I want. Probably I still want to live within my means because I know the more money you have, the easier it is to dispense it through different... It's $50 million. Yeah, don't, You're don't test me. Every day, every meal and not even make a dent in it. <laughs> I probably go on to realestate.com and like have a look at what I could buy, start planning. I go visit my parents, maybe take them out for a beautiful dinner, um, go, for a, go, go to a car yard with my dad, give him a car, that kind of fun stuff. 
make say to my parents, you never have to work again from this day forward. <laughs> Drop it on them. A few quotables. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That's what did you do? I will. The tricky thing is I had seen a TikTok that had posed this question and somebody responding to it. So I think it skewed my idea of what I would or wouldn't do. But I can tell you what is best practice. So immediately you should be going to see a lawyer. Oh, yeah. To safeguard you, to make sure that you're protected with this extra income and wealth. Apparently, it's actually quite dangerous to have it be known that you've won any kind of money. Um, That's like, you know, a lump sum. So you should go to a lawyer, allegedly. Then from there, that lawyer should put you in touch with a financial planner of some sort and then almost like protect you from your wealth in some senses. So give yourself an allowance, maybe get a million dollars a year. Maybe you're allowed to make a few key purchases and the rest gets put away. I don't know what it might be, but I feel like after you do that first big batch of spending, like you get the iPad, you know, <laughs> no more Lenovo. You get the Apple iPad, <laughs> you get the McLaren, you get the Lambo, you buy a house, maybe you invest in a few businesses, become a little angel investor. Great time to be investing. Stock market hath crashed. Yes. Great time. Uh, you might go through 10 mil and be like, oh, I don't know what to do. Great. Stop. And then from there, play it cool. You got to do that Zuckerberg thing where you just wear the same t-shirt and jeans every day. So everyone thinks you're a simple person, but realistically the t-shirt is $500 and the jeans are $1,000. And you're a robot. <laughs> what car would you get? Um, a Hummer. What? You don't like that? This is giving... Oh, you don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> this just reminds me, we were talking earlier outside the studio about the era where you had a cube. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the ugliest car on the I, I ever. Honestly, if they did luxury cubes, I would go back. I'm a push to start heated seat, ceramic coating, panoramic sunroof type of girl. We do love a do panoramic sunroof. We love. Um, a cube suits me. Why did you say that? <laughs> anyway, so that's, I think that would be... <laughs> when you- when you let go of the cube, I thought you were going to come rolling in in one of those Chryslers. I would. The point is... I think that for all the talk we do, for all the conversations we have about being millionaires, we're not setting ourselves up for success. Mm. The first thing to do when you win 50 mil isn't going to a fast food vendor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving out cash at Bondi Beach Maccas. Yeah, okay, good to know because we are manifesting more money. So yeah. it's probably good to know what happens when we get it. This is Flex and Frooms. On Kata. I talk a lot about my Karen-like tendencies. I would say my natural form, absolutely a Karen. Surprised my name wasn't Karen. My <laughs> middle name, Lucinda Karen Price. You kind of do have a Karen vibe about you, but I don't think that the average person interacting with you would even feel like you have any semblance of Karen in you because you do like have... I would say your disposition, your general vibe is agreeable, charming, polite, all the good things. They're always the ones hiding something. Because <laughs> I'm the opposite. <laughs> You're Karen presenting. Brute. Yeah, I'm Karen presenting. <laughs> I'm not about that lie. <laughs> That's what, I'm very surprised when you do extreme acts of kindness, mm. which shouldn't surprise me. You're very like um, generous with money. Literally. Stuff like that. Everyone's like... She's a gremlin goblin hater. Yeah, and sometimes I'm nice. Anyway. So 
I'm trying to rein in my Karen. You say as you gain a bit more of a profile, <laughs> you need to be careful with how you act in public. <laughs> Few Only when you gain a profile. Though. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of you who don't have aspirations to be a public figure, don't worry about your attitude. <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> I was on a plane and I was sitting in the middle seat. And as everybody who flies knows, if you're in the middle seat, you get both the armrests. We have had a discussion about this before. I firmly believe that if you're flying budget, <laughs> you don't have any say on who gets armrests when and where. It's a gentle dance you play with your seat companions. That's very elitist. It's very elitist. It's not. I had my Karen moment this weekend. I was at a cafe with my mother and my almond cappuccino came out, asked for extra chocolate, no extra chocolate. I don't know what an almond cappuccino is. Cappuccino is Does like... it usually come with chocolate? Yes. It comes with a light that? dusting of chocolate. I said I would like an almond cappuccino with extra chocolate, which is very embarrassing to ask for as a 27-year-old Karen, but I did it anyway. Comes out, no extra chocolate. That's fine. I can live with that. However, upon inspecting the rim, I noticed there is something black, curly, and of a pube variety. There was a pube... <gasps> dangling off my coffee as if a or slight a beard, accent. beard hair. Nah, this was giving pube. I know a pube Same when I texture. see it. texture. Thick. Oh, okay. With the perfect amount of curl. Girth. <laughs> oh, I took it too far. <laughs> yeah. Girth, a girthy pube. Yeah. And I did consider not being a Karen. I thought I'd just like take it off. But my mother actually brought out her Karen and said the original Karen <laughs> two generations of Karen have come together <laughs> tag team <laughs> battle royale <laughs> so I brought it over and got and a new for one. context you have said your mum Heather is a gentle kind woman but you said those are the ones to watch out for <laughs> <laughs> she Karens she Karens at the correct time so, Flexi, as a self-confessed Karen, I'm basically saying that so that in the future, when I do something Karen-esque, whether it's purposefully or by accident, no one can turn around and say, hey, that Froomey, she acts all nice online, but really she's a Karen. I'm putting it out in the universe. So, to quickly double check, mm-hmm. do you think when people are perceiving you to be nice, kind, gentle, a bit of a hapless damsel, do you think they're just reading you a bit wrong? And then holding you to their perception of you. No, I am how I present. However, I'm concerned about when I'm concerned about being misconstrued and like misunderstood. And I believe people are always going to misunderstand you. So I'm quite, I know what I want. And when I'm out in public, I'm I'm walking um, with purpose. I'm asking for things that I'm uh, entitled to. Whether <laughs> entitlement's probably a whole nother conversation. But you know, I'm not like a wallflower. I'm not gonna bend to things. So if we were to quiz your audience right now on Instagram and ask them, is it clear to them that you are and have always been a Karen, the majority would say yes. They can't be trusted. Whatever <laughs> I say They're going to the contrary. I can never get a clear answer. Really? Nobody knows nobody knows if it's a joke. Everybody thinks it's a joke. Ah, uh, you're like the uh, the boy who cried wolf, but the comedy version. Facts. Everyone thinks it's a bit when in fact you're being really serious. It's like when comedians I know put up something really earnest and I'm like, are you taking the piss out of this earnest yeah, thing? Just or wait you a second. Do you want people to really vote? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you want people to, to recycle? Huh. <laughs> kind of weird. But I was actually Googling what Karen means. We all know that I was doing that too. Oh, really? That's really awesome. I like that. 
Okay, so I went on the Wikipedia. You on the Wikipedia? Yeah, babe, I've got it right. <laughs> it's like we're in sync. It's got the haircut yeah. on the Wikipedia. It's got how to pronounce Karen phonetically. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was really interesting is the origins of Karen. Mm-hmm. This is the bit that stood out to me. In African-American culture, there is a history of calling difficult white women or those who weaponize their position by a generic prerog- prerogative name. Pejorative. What? Pejorative. Pejorative. What does that mean? Well, not prerogative. <laughs> Thinking of derogatory? <laughs> yeah. In the antebellum era, which was an actual era, 1815 to 1861, Miss Anne was used. In the early 1990s, Becky was used. Mm-hmm. And as of 2018, the use of Karen caught on. Alternate names matching particular incidents were used, such as Barbecue Becky, Cornerstone Caroline and Permit Patty. Karen is the stereotype to an older soccer mum. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to add to that? No. Thank you for sharing. Um, <clears throat> the thing about Karening is I think I'm a lot more aware of optics than you are because I'm always judged far more harshly, just naturally. But also, I think it's really interesting because I don't Karen in the way that you Karen. In public spaces, I definitely have to rein in my entitlement because in my head it's off the charts. And like, it should be done on my time, blah, 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 blah. And we all see my external struggle with that. I'm like, got to bite my tongue, but I don't want it. But I got to, but I don't want to. Do you, because we always have this conversation, you say that I should be able to say what I think online, but you're saying that you don't. No, I'm not talking about online. I'm talking, but I was saying that we carry it in different ways. See, online, I feel quite comfortable to do what I want and say what I want because I have actually built an ecosystem where that is, where my internal understanding of the world takes precedent over the world, right? But as soon as I get into shared spaces, I am mindful of not wanting to take up space in spite of people, even if I feel entitled to it, which is why I feel some kind of way about for example, the middle seat thing, because that just reminds me of like stereotypically entitled people who would do that. And then I'd be on the receiving end of it, like some random old man in the middle seat being like, those are my seats. Like, well, it's none of our seats. Like we've all paid to be on this flight. We can do a polite dance between each other and decide who gets to have those armrests, but it's not yours. Similarly, if I'm in a restaurant or whatever and I'm like, something's gone wrong, I'm like, I'm not going to Karen, but I'm not here doing volunteer work. If I paid for something, I'm going to want to get it. Mm. I think the difference between being a Karen and being confrontational is that confrontational is just generally uncomfortable for people, but Karening is making other people responsible for your individual comforts. Yes. And it's like the two, sometimes there's a correlation, but often it's like, that's not my business. Like if you want the middle seat, if you don't, if you feel like Uber shouldn't talk to you or they should, these are all like your internal expectations that have now like left your internal like ecosystem. And now you're allowing others or expecting others to get on board. Which I think is nice if you're in like an environment with context and mm. the baseline is like, I'll do something for you, me, you do something, you do something for you, blah, blah. But generally I'm like, it's too much. Your example with the old guy in the middle seat, isn't it hard then to rein in your inner Karen when it's like you've experienced that so many times from that type of person? Like it's very hard to not 
see them in a stereotypical way, especially if they're seeing you in a stereotypical way. For example, I'm sitting in the middle seat and there's two old guys next to me, businessmen, we're Mm -hmm. on Qantas, which no shade to Qantas, but it's very much that clientele. Yeah, corporate baddies. Corporate baddies. Corporate daddies. Nice. Kind of like granddaddies. Anyway, they're both taking my armrests. Like... I know that that language they're taking my eyes (laughs) I think that like in the eye of the Karen and this goes this reminds me of the fact that everybody is like while the internet was getting upset at white men like it was like white women that voted for Trump this is the thing Karens don't realize that when you're Karening you are the bad guy Karens always feel like victims Mm -hmm. when they're doing bad guy things. Yes, I agree. That's me. And that is the issue with Karening as a whole. It's like they're looking outwards and being like, no one could ever see me as somebody who is in the wrong here because at least I'm not that guy. It's like, no, you are that guy. Just like in a different haircut, but like same, same people. Both short. Same Both short at the back. Yeah. Short back and sides. <laughs> That's a great point, Flexi. We'll That's get into it more because I feel like there's something to say about being a 27-year-old Karen that we haven't gotten to the, the crux of because you're not alone. People feel mm. really felt really empowered when you said that you were a Karen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I like it when people are honest. It's hard to say that you're a Karen, especially in this context, you know. This is the real discrimination. Thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to say it, Flex. Shut so glad up. you're standing up for my people. <laughs> Until next time, I'll, every week I'll try and bring you a little part of Karen that yes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like dissemble it, so we can write a proper character profile, one that's like not one that makes sense for now, 2022. Love it. This is Flex and Frooms on Kada. Can I ask you something? Did you know that we can't drink seawater? Why? Oh, can I guess? Yeah. Because there's poo in it? No, that's not it. And I don't know if this is common knowledge, but for all the talk I do of the apocalypse, I honestly thought going down to the beach and swimming <laughs> up on water <laughs> would have been a viable thing to do. It's not. We can't drink seawater because human kidneys can only make pee that is less salty than salt water therefore to get rid of all the excess salt taken into you when you drink seawater you have to urinate more water than you drink which is not possible so eventually you die of dehydration as you become more thirsty huh right and finally i understand because i you know i love vikings the tv series i don't know if you know anyway so every time they got there, go on little boat expeditions to like pillage and do wars. I was like, "Why are you always so thirsty? <laughs> You're literally in the water for months." Turns out, not drinkable. I wonder because they obviously purify water. Because do we get water from the ocean ever to drink? That's Springs. purified. Yeah, Springs. spring water. But also, I'm sure you can purify water. That's what they do in countries that. I think that's how you make salt. Do you like extract the water from the salt? Well, then it's like a two in one. <laughs> So, okay, wait, when you eat salty food... I don't have any more answers for you. <laughs> That's all I had. That is all the screenshot that I stole from the internet gave me. I don't have any sources to cite. So you have to let it go. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. About two weeks ago, a package arrived 
for us at Cater. Sure did. It was two little packages with a book inside and it came with a bath bomb, kind of like a cute little PR gifting. And I personally love it when a book is sent my way because it reminds me that I'm cerebral, that other people consider me to be smart and somebody that reads books. Yeah. And as someone who never grew up reading books, I really like this um, arc that I've created. Anyway, the book in question was a book called Something Blue. Did you end up reading it? Not yet. You know, I don't read paperbacks. I appreciate they get sent. I do a little, hey, everybody read this. But if I'm going to read it, I download it on Kindle. Are you going to download this one? Yeah. Do you know much about it? No. Can I give you? Please, yeah. I haven't finished it for like full Even better. Yeah. Even better. So I'm about like three fourths of the way in. So I'm like very much involved with the characters, etc. It is a book written by a woman called Alex Sarkis. She is from the West, Western Sydney. And it's basically about a woman called Nicole Nijam and she works at her dad's car dealership. Oh yeah. Fruity. So I'm reading it. I'm reading the <laughs> it's first two pages. <laughs> Like, is she also selling window tint? Yeah. She's, she's taking photos of the cars to put them up on car sales. Amazing. She hates it though. Her dad just like sits in the office all day watching movies. Again, very similar. Pays to be the boss. It does. And she it's like going through relationships and her love of the area. And it was so nice because here on Cater, there's a show called The Area. Clearly, I didn't know what that was because I'm from Melbourne. Oh, you didn't know? I had no idea. So I'm just hearing the area. What's What area? It's the area. And I've learned all about it through this book. Well, I've learned like a kind of like from her eyes. I love reading about things from an author that is speaking about where they grew up. And she does it so well. And in the book, she talks about like going all around Sydney, not just West. Like she describes what people from Bondi are like, very much seen. She says they're like younger versions of people from like the North. They're like the North Shore people, but more creative, which I guess I agree with that. Anyway, they go to like restaurants in Bondi. They go to all these different places. And I love it because she doesn't name check them, but she gives enough details so you know exactly what she's talking about. No free press. Exactly. Exactly. She's she's one of us. So what is the book about? The book is about she's been broken up with and then she's like grappling with what it's like to be a 26-year-old. I'm pretty sure she's Lebanese, Lebanese woman in this community where like everyone that age is having weddings and these True. lavish weddings. Some people have said the book similar to Looking for Ella Brandy. Right. Which I definitely got that. And I absolutely loved it because in it, there's lots of dialogue and text between her and these different guys and they speak the way that we speak. And I think it's really unusual to find a book of that quality and that calibre that also speaks in a way that we speak. Like this is going to be a a runaway hit. So what would you rate it? I would rate, like for what it is. what kind of person would you recommend it to? It's an easy read. I think it would be appreciated by avid readers as well as like beachside readers. Is that the word? Like holiday reads? Yeah, I get you. It's pretty easy to read. It's a romance, but it's not wet, but it's also like sentimental. Not wet. You know, things are wet. You're doing it again. What? Your synesthesia thing. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's like a proper expression. Like things are wet. Oh, it's a bit wet. Have you heard that? I don't know if I've heard yeah. that. It's like when it's too soppy, you're like, oh, so oh, sentimental. Oh, soppy, wet. Oh, yeah, that's wet. incredible. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, I would recommend it to people who are looking for a bit of like romance. I think it's also a really good book for just Australia yeah. and just seeing someone like talk about the area in a way that's so 
clearly loves it and so also cognizant of how everybody else perceives it. She talks about like her cousins and these like guys that are drug dealers and stuff like that, but in a way that's not stereotypical. I love that. 10 out of 10. You've got to go read it. Okay. And then you lost me. Now you've lost me. Because even my favorite books, there was a moment in time where I used to read a book and then review it on Instagram stories. And even my most favorite books, I made sure when I was writing reviews, they had to have cons. Because I don't trust people who, who, who throw out 10s at 10 out of 10s and no cons. What is this? You nah, put me off. I don't read enough books to be able to rate them. Like I don't no, understand. You can definitely rate them. I just say I would rate it. You should read it. You should buy it. It's a young Australian author and she's following in the footsteps of another woman that was published by the same publisher called Diana Reid, who did a book called Love and Virtue. I'd put them in a similar you did category. Like that book. I remember that. Yeah. Well, thank you for those recommendations. I really appreciate that. You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Cater. I want to tell you about this thing I've been doing, which involves not listening to anything the first hour of the day because it ties into why this happened. Basically, I was driving to Cater and I was looking at this white average soccer mumish car. I'm sure you'd know the name of it. I don't know car names. But Kia just like, Sorento. Perhaps, you know, um, in the lane next to me. Toyota Yaris. Maybe. Bigger than a Yaris. Looks like a Hyundai Captiva, Holden Captiva, that kind of vibe. I digress. Don't make me. <laughs> stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Hold Marina. Stop it, stop it. So myself and this car, we were driving at the exact same speed, which meant that we were, you know, neck and neck for too long to the point where I was like, do you want to tell me something? Because why are you in my business like that? Then I had an intrusive thought. What if there was someone in the car trying to get my attention? What if they were trying to drive nearby so I would look over and see something that somebody wanted me to see? So then I had this vision, this visual that I would turn over and that there'd be someone holding an A4 piece of paper to the window saying, help me. And what would I do? And that definitely, that thought took me to, I think there was like a 15 minute drive worth of thoughts about this very specific scenario that isn't impossible, but I just don't know why it would be happening. So I said it again. If you were driving next to a car, you turned to look at their back window and you saw somebody holding up a white A4 piece of paper that said, help me, what would you do? What would be your initial reaction? I need to know the age of this person. I can't see them. Their windows are tinted. I just kind of see the sign and I know that someone's holding it because their arms are moving around and then they took it away really quickly. i got to follow the car. Really? Yeah, I'm following the car. I'm going to call my dad and say, hey, I just saw this thing. What do you think? And then his, uh, what's it called? Sleuth. Detective. He's like. Spidey sense. Ragey vibes. Oh. Would say, nah, you got to follow him. Oh. Be very serious. And then he'd be coaching me, saying, nah, you got to follow them. This is very serious. I'd follow them in a snoopy way, just hanging behind them. And then see where they park and then call the police. How far would you follow them? Because in this instance, where I saw this car, not that this was a real scenario, but the car that I used to beef up my imagination, my fantasy, we were on a motorway going 100 k's. We weren't getting off anytime soon. Just follow them. Wow. 
What would you do? Took me a minute. And I definitely think that there's a reoccurring theme in situations like this. Like, for example, when I have nightmares and I don't know what to do, I always phone a friend, which is very odd for me because I was, for the longest time, felt like a lone wolf. Like, I'll just figure it out by myself. I'll do it by myself. I don't need any help. Now I'm always leaning on people. So I would definitely call... Sully and I'd be like hey can you just take this number plate down and explain to her what's happening and then say I'm either gonna make a little status about it and let other people figure out what's the appropriate thing to do and based on what they say should be done I'll do because I'm not a very I'm not the kind of person who's going to call the police for anything at the first drop of what could be something that's not very me and I definitely think there's value in citizens vigilanteism (laughs) where as a community we figure out what is the appropriate thing to do because I don't want to just like waste resources on some little kid playing games in the (laughs) backseat and incriminating their parents but I also feel like I'm not following because if you're in danger I'm in danger Mm. okay we both can't be in danger survivor instincts People need to know you can call your local police station. So if you see something a little bit dodgy, don't call triple zero. Have a little Google, find your local police call station, local. and call that number. They always pick up. A Karen would know that. Yep, <laughs> literally. <laughs> this is Karen one hundred and one. <laughs> I never heard of this. You've been listening to the Flex and Frooms Catch Up Podcast. For more, tune into Cater on DAB or check it out right here on iHeartRadio.